0: Can you hear the pug snoring on the uh, audio? Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> exactly it. Check it out. I got a smartwatch. Uh, Very nice. Yeah, so I don't have to look at my phone now. I can just look at my wrist instead.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. Set it. Set it an hour ahead. That that won't help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and in every corner of the interwebs thank you for tuning in here with you from hood river messing with the timing my name is keith feltner smith here with me as always the master of segways and ceremonies chris the bully Burkhard. what's up buddy how you doing hey hi hey, hi hey. <laughs> yeah you know just just uh I, I feel like uh i'm maybe getting too automatic on some of the intro so so we'll, we'll... maybe we can do uh, an npr version next time you want to just gonna do like a slow jazz kind of Hello, Rip City. We are here with Chris Burkhardt, the master of <laughs>
1: Yeah. Hello, Rip City. Welcome in, Trailcasters. We're going to talk a little basketball, help you get through this day in this beautiful overcast Portland, winter, fall, whatever time of year it is. Halloween's over. Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is around the corner. And there's plenty of basketball to talk about here on Trailcasters.
0: Okay, we're using that intro. That sounds even better. Uh <laughs> 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 hey, hey, you know what? Actually, wait—we haven't had you do the intro in a while. Why, where's, where's your, uh, your wrestling intro, man? We need one of those big, shows to get things. Oh,
1: uh, I'll hit you with the intro next episode.
0: Okay, okay. Oh, there we go. See, already, listeners, we have a tease for next week. Chris Burkhardt. What? Well, is this is only your round two. Oh, my God, we need to get you on more of the intros. We're gonna go back. Uh, we do like one week to week. I get one, you get one. In the there future. Okay, cool. All right, so. Beyond the, the intro itself and the production of the show, we've had some uh, some fun things going on here. We're not going to worry about any of the hating on Harden or the Robert Sarver or the Ben Simmons with Kyrie. F- all of it. We are here for Trailcasters and Trailblazers and you, of course, dear listeners. Hey. So starting with that, both Trailcasters and you, dear listeners, hey. we had our first live show this week. It was awesome. Uh, our first show on Twitter Spaces uh through the hoop spaces network thank you guys shout out to the other chris now involved in the showcasters network chris over at hoop spaces uh they have a great group over there they have a lot of guys covering different teams a lot of good conversations going on and if you haven't been on twitter spaces yet it's a live audio only format so you can have a good group of like 10 or a dozen or so speakers that have the ability to uh just openly converse on the mic, and and as many more listeners pass that as you want. But again, it, the nice part of this is it's a live conversation, so you get real solid raw feeds. You can call fans up, uh, and I think when we first mentioned this on Trailcasters months ago, I had uh joined Chris from Hoop Spaces where he had Jamal Crawford in there, and Jamal doing kind of a an AMA type. Let's just chat about whatever you want. People ask him about basketball and non basketball and everything in between. And it was awesome. It was cool to be able to get up there and just chat with him openly and, again, live like that. So, Trailcasters have joined Twitter Spaces through Hoop Spaces. It was a great first round. Shout-out to Brandon Goldner, the OG co-host here on Trailcasters. Also, Ryan Witte, Dia from Blades' Edge, Brandon Sprague, uh, the co-host with Danny Mareng on the Jack Ramseys. We also had a few Philly podcasters. We had... Damo McFadden from Australia. Shout-outs all around to all you guys. Uh Love that we were international. Trailcast has had an international audience on the first episode. You know who wasn't there, of course? uh, Our guy Chris Burkhardt.
1: Yeah, I got my times crossed. I totally, <laughs> totally spaced that, like, it was an East Coast tip-off. And, I like, you talked about it, like, days before. I'm like, oh, yeah, 3.30 should be fine. Like, my wife usually gets home around – oh, not 3.30. I was like uh, – so oh, that, that game should be fine. So, you know, seven o'clock tip, whatever. My wife gets, gets home around four. I'm on dad duty on that day anyway. So we're good. By the time she gets home, we'll be able to, you know, have a quick meal. I'll be ready. And then you're like, Hey, you're going to be ready in 20 minutes. I'm like, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeding my kids lunch right now. What are you talking about? Am I going to be ready? And I'm like, Oh, East Coast game. I'm an idiot. I'm like, so I was like, yeah, uh, I'm not going to make it, big guy. I'm sorry. So I'll, I'll, I'll get the next one. I'll get the next one.
0: You're all good, man. You're all good. It was definitely uh one of those where, you know, I, I could have probably given you more warning. We could talk more in between about it. But, you know, it's 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 the first round. We're working out the Kings and any time that I can get a little bit of kind of that uh that credit back on how often I'm late to the show, how uh how many days <laughs> a week where I uh or how many <laughs> how many weeks a month where I'm running uh halfway behind, behind I got plenty of get still. out
1: of jail free cards in my pocket <laughs> that I can still use.
0: That's all right. I'm getting one back at a time. We're, we're 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 slowly grinding up this hill. We're we're getting there for it. Uh, but again, as far as the the our first live show on Twitter Spaces, thank you to all who you came out. Huge shout out to all of the listeners, the speakers. Hey. Huge shout out to Chris from Hoop Spaces. Hey. Also, uh shout out to Seth Morgan. Hey. Uh, he's been running the post game Twitter Spaces every Blazers game. Seth is on Twitter Spaces about 15 minutes after running a uh, spaces for the team fans can get in there just kind of give their their takes their opinions on what went wrong what went right and chris i think our plan is going to kind of be to continue this uh thing of once a week at least for now uh one game a week we'll be doing the the pregame this time we did a half hour and it went quick i think we should probably kind of plan for an hour uh pregame each uh you know each once a week and we'll be announcing uh which game that'll be later in the show as far as the games that did go down this week, we were two and two after the first week. We've had four more games. That was, well, I guess three more games so far. One more uh, tomorrow, as far as, we, you know, by the time listeners are hearing this. Game one was the 19-point revenge uh, win against the Clippers. Game two was uh, starting this road trip against Charlotte. We had a two-point loss in Zeller's return. LaMelo. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about this so far, man? Uh, with those first two games, the the win against the LAC when they came up here, and the the loss in, uh, in Charlotte.
1: It's gonna be a tough season. Yeah, at least <laughs> to the, the start. Uh, there's 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 some kinks so this team needs to work out before they're they're straight and narrow here. Uh But before you get too far over, you know, worried, if you will, it's just they're three and four. They're ninth place in the West. Things will balance out in the long run. It's, they're pretty much right where we, we thought they'd be kind of. I still, they're a playoff team. There's no doubt that the talents there to be a playoff team. They're just probably not a top tier, uh, Western conference team at this moment. And then that could change whether it's a, you know, next couple months or trade deadline deal, what have you. But you look at the standings, like it's not just Portland. I mean, out of the gates, Phoenix two and three, LA two and four. I mean, that's. Right two of the top teams in the conference regardless of record right there you're you're defending western conference champions on the outside looking in i mean sacramento and minnesota in the playoff race right now don't see that one holding um not a lot of surprises elsewhere except i think i mean i've said it on this show everyone was sleeping on them i have not slept on them and you know this for a fact but golden state at five and one is not shocking to me at all that they're uh, in second place in the Western Conference. I think they're a very good team. And if they continue to play like this and then Clay comes back, if Clay comes back at 75% Clay Thompson, who can't move or dribble, who cares? Cause he's a catch and shoot guy anyway. <laughs> that team's scary, scary good. Um, but the way the games went down is where it starts to get concerning. Keith, you look at the game against Charlotte, uh, it's just, you play good for, for three quarters and then you implode there kind of in the fourth and give the game away. But I also think that's a game where you can look at it and go, okay, that's, that's, that's passable because that's, that's not a bad Charlotte team. This is not the Hornets of two, three years ago where you go into Charlotte and think that's an easy win. But you also right. get concerning when you look at the next game, which I think is the worst loss of the two and arguably probably one of the, the worst <laughs> of the year thus far. And that's you can't you can't go into Philadelphia without Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and lose and and not only lose like like kind of lose handily like they like Philadelphia controlled just large chunks of that game, especially down the stretch. And we've talked already plenty of times on this podcast about one person that we really want to see because it, this is the unfortunate part is the team ebbs and, and I've said this before the team ebbs and flows with Yusuf you- Nurkic more than any other player. When Nurk is good, the team is great. When Nurk is bad, the team is awful, right? And you got bad Nurk against Philadelphia. And, yes, Andre Drummond is having a little bit of a resurgence here, played well last year with the Lakers, is playing well this year in a backup center role. But the 76ers had to rely on their backup center, Andre Drummond, and Yusuf Nurkic went out and put up seven points and nine rebounds. (laughs) Like, when, when the best center in the game, arguably, it's obviously either Embiid or Jokic, depending on what camp you're in, and I think you're right, no matter which one you take. But when Joel Embiid, arguably the best center in the game, is not playing, there is zero excuse for Yusuf Nurkic to not put up a double-double. To not have 15 and 12. Like, that's, that's inexcusable to me. Like, I, I just, and again, yes, Andre Drummond is good, but, 14 and 15 for your, your, your backup center. Like, come on. Like you, like, come on. Like, it's just weird. (laughs) Like if Joel Embiid had played and Yusuf Nurkic didn't, and Portland had to start Zeller, Joel Embiid is not putting up seven and nine you know what i'm saying you've got to get more out of yusuf Nurkic. people freak out about robert covington i get that he's not playing that well to start the year either but again it's robert covington and what i mean by that is you look at him he's your he's your fifth scorer in your starting lineup anyway like he's not there to score a ton of buckets um he's there to play defense in transition because he's not a super super great on ball defender but that's neither here nor there we can discuss that later Um, but that's my biggest hang up thus far as I toss it back to you Keith is you cannot go into Philadelphia without their two best players and lose that game like it's absolutely it's it's just crazy to me
0: and again this was the game where we had that first uh, Twitter spaces uh, that, that live chat and a big focus early on in the chat was this is not a game that the Blazers couldn't, it was not going to look good if the Blazers lost this one. When you, when Philly was missing those pieces, plus Ben Simmons, who we haven't talked about, we're not going to talk it's about true. too much today, uh, that's a depleted roster. Imagine, like you're, you're pointing out as far as the performance of the centers, imagine if Portland had Dame, CJ, and Nurk all missing. Would you count on them to win any games against any competitive team whatsoever? Even, even a non-competitive team? Like, I, I would, yeah. I would worry about us against, uh, against, uh, against the Timberwolves or against the Kings. And I mean, like, you can't say the Kings because they already beat us this year, so that's not really saying as much. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Chris, we spoke last time about the slumps of Dame, Roko, and Nurk, and you kind of mentioned, uh, beyond Nurk, Roko didn't look that great either. Seven and nine from your starting center. And what did Rocco have? Uh, against Compton. Billy, he
1: put up donuts, um, baby. Yeah. Zero
0: points, one assist, three rebounds for Compton. Dame did come away with 20 points and 10 assists, seven rebounds. That's pretty dominant. He, we're still talking only two for nine from deep though. So that, that distance shooting, which again, Portland kind of relies on and Dame kind of relies on, it's, it's lacking so far. Uh, so
1: side to me. And CJ McCollum went on Twitter and isn't blaming on it. But you have more than one player in the league uh, starting to kind of focus on the switch to the Wilson basketball. And as dumb as oh, that sounds, right. it was years and years ago uh gosh can't even remember what year it was where they changed the ball as well and and went to the new like new era ball and that's back when steve nash was playing still and the ball lasted like five games and then it was like yeah we're going back to the old one because it's just not working and as dumb as it sounds it's a basketball can make a difference with what kind oh, of yeah. surface you're playing with and just how they bounce and little things like that uh i think it's more than that i think you have the basketball switch which accounts for a vi- like very very small change that should be easily adjusted to in the long run Uh but the change in officiating is definitely affecting some things um but if you watch the way dame has played this year i don't think the i don't think the officiating um changes have actually impacted his game that much um i like he he would seek out that contact but it just really wasn't as much of his game as it was getting open and getting shots off and he's still getting good shots he's just He's not hitting them. It's definitely a slump. And we've seen this from Dame though, and I love Dame's approach to it. The thing is, we're not used to seeing it from Dame in the first week, week and a half of the year. We're used, I mean, he's always has these slumps, you know, middle of the year where the the shot just isn't falling. But like he said, and then, you know, I have the slumps and the world's falling, but I'm the greatest player ever when I put up, you know, three games of 50 points, like back to back to back. Like it's, I'm not worried. I definitely think that one's, that one's going to ride itself. Like I said this last week, I think it was, but if you look right. at all the things on the, on the roster right now that I'm worried about, Dame is at like the bottom.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and especially those three players, Dame, Rocco and Nurk. Dame is certainly seeming to write the ship already, at least somewhat. If the shooting hasn't come along yet, we all know it will. He's a 37% career shooter right now. I did see, I, I saw a graphic today on ESPN saying Dame is, I think, what, fifteen of sixty-five from distance, and it's like twenty-three percent on the season. So, you know, that that's being highlighted because it's so unusual. That doesn't mean it's gonna last. It's gonna change, it'll flip back. As far as uh Nurk and Covington though, I mean the the donut from Covington on the scoreboard and not much production otherwise. We talked before about Nurk isn't seeming like you know he's improved enough, but Covington taking a big regression, like we, again, we were talking last week about how it seemed in the first few games. He just needed to get his, I think the way you put it was his head out of his dark hole, uh, which was a very creative, uh, phrasing. I think Chris, uh, (laughs) you, you can tell you're a father, I think sometimes more than others, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Who are you more worried about between those two? Nurk and Roko at this point, we've spoken on both as far as what they're lacking.
1: It's it's easily Yusuf Nurkic, like, Easily use of Nurkic, because like I said, the team ebbs and flows with him more than any other player. If Robert, if, Co- Co- if Robert Covington goes out and has a thirty-point performance, that doesn't necessarily mean the Blazers win that game. But if Nurkic goes out and has has a thirty and fifteen game, the Blazers probably won that game handily because it, the game changes that much when he is is on his game. And you can look at Roko and and you know say, yeah, the scoring is way down. It's the worst average right now uh since his rookie year when he only averaged 2.3 points per game but that's again that's not what you want him to do you want him to get steals you want him to get rebounds You, you want him to you know get maybe get the ball moving around find ways to get assists he's not doing those little things either and that's where it starts to get concerning with him is is there some you know is there that drastic drop in his game is he kind of hitting that downhill if you want to argue that like i'm it hurts me to say that he's doing bad because he's my favorite player in the league has been for a while. I love Robert Covington, um, but it, I think you might start to consider little things like, is it worth, is it worth mixing up the starting lineup? Do you throw Larry Nance jr. In there? Who's played pretty damn well. thus thus far um, been impressive on a lot of accounts. Uh, but at the same time, if you always got to remember, if you put him in the starting lineup, then Rocco's coming in off the bench and, does that offer a lot to your second unit to have Roko coming in off the bench? <laughs> right. So little things like that you do have to consider. But again, it just goes back to Yusuf Nurkic. He's, he's had good games. He's had bad games. Uh, but he needs to play better. Like even against Charlotte, you look at the box score real quick. He had 13 and 14. Like that's not a bad game. That's a double-double. You like to see it. But I still think you need more out of Yusuf Nurkic. You need more. You need more than twelve points a night from 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 Yusuf Nurkic every single okay. night. You need him to bring it. So this
0: may be a little creative as far as a uh, you know a, a creative excuse, but do you give any sort of accounting for with specifically Nurkic being a big man, cardio and the gas uh, being no. a problem we've talked about? We he goes zero. Start the road trip where you go to Charlotte, a very fast team. Then the second out of a back to back, he's in Philly, albeit not against Embiid, but. Uh, the second night, back to back, after running out of his gas on the first night, is any of this just about cardio, and he's still good otherwise, or is, no. Like, is deeper? Uh,
1: no, I'm not going there. I think that's. I, I think. I think blaming it on your cardio uh, is perhaps the biggest cop out in sports. You, <laughs> like, you are not, professional. <laughs> you are a professional athlete. The cardio is there. Like. You're used to running up and down a basketball court. Now, when you haven't played a game in months, then we can blame it on cardio. When you're coming back from an injury, we can blame it on getting the rust off. But that is for like two or three games, not ten games into a season, right? If the cardio isn't here now, then that's an epic failure on Yusuf Nurkic's part. Like, and he need and he needs to fix that. So, but I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is just he doesn't slow down the game enough and think about things. I've said like. Like there's just zero excuse to hit for him to keep turning the ball over because he gets the ball in the block and puts the ball below his waist and it gets swiped every single freaking time. Like be smart enough to realize that oh, every single time I put the ball below my hips, I turn the ball over. Maybe I should stop putting the ball low. Like I'm 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 seven feet tall. I, I'm pushing three bills. Like dude, let me just get nasty down low. You saw Drummond
0: go for it too. You 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 saw Andre Drummond uh, get in there when when Dame would pass Nurk the ball. Nurk would have the spin move, and you could see Drummond wait for where that release was when kind of goes for that uh, that dribble to get kind of the step towards the rim and getting a hand in there. I think Drummond had five or seven steals on the night,
1: something like that. Yeah,
0: it it was it was I think largely on Nurk too. It was not yeah. He had five
1: steals. Yeah. Uh, it, and Andre Drummond, not known for being, you know, a passing big man. He's known as being one of the best rebounders in the game. Um, but I mean, he had seven assists. The dude almost put like t- five steals, <laughs> seven assists, 15 boards, 14 points and a block. Like that's, Oof, that's, geez. that's changing the game. That's, that's affecting the box score. And you compare that to Yusuf Nurkic, seven, nine, three, one and two. Like that's, that's just not the same production. Um, and that's a starting center versus the backup center who was thrown in to start. You know, on short notice. Um, but yeah, you, you, you need more out of Yusuf Nurkic. Um, you do. You just absolutely do. And the tough part with Nurk is when people like, you've seen it before. He gets, people will say that they need more out of him or he needs to do this. this and then he like, he gets all defensive on social media. Like someone's going to clip this and send it to him and then he's going to get defensive at us. It's I, like, dude, we're just quit getting mad and, and coming out on Twitter. Just go play the game. The, the reason people call this out. Is because we've seen Nurk fever. We've seen right. Nurk we've at seen his what he can be, and, and Nurk at his best is freaking phenomenal. Like the he's, beast. he's he's so damn good. He's so damn good. So when you know what's there and then you don't see it and then he gets in his own head because he hundred percent. And like this is not even like a knock on him because I think a lot of people would be that way. I could be that way when I play wreck ball of all things. It's like a couple mistakes and he starts to go downhill because sometimes it's just hard to get out of your own head. He needs to get out of his own head it's 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 crazy to me like yeah if if you would have told me that your your three guards and your three guard lineup each each go twenty or more With twenty and each you, and you lose that game like it's just yeah, that's wild yeah. to me
0: yeah for dame c j uh and powell twenty twenty and twenty two uh plus you're missing like we said the other teams' essentially top three players in Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. I, I like would you argue there's another player that would be one of the top 3 for Philly when those three no. are healthy? I it's, it's that if you flip those roles where Blazers were missing Dame, CJ, and Nurk uh and the other team had three players to go for 20, there's absolutely zero chance that Blazers win that game. Uh so it, it's yeah this was this is uh unfortunate. Before the game, before the Philly game, the Blazers did release or I guess the NBA released the mixtape jerseys and we got our first uh sightings at least my first signs. I don't know. Maybe some of the people are more uh, keyed in here uh, on this year's city edition uh, jersey. Chris, what do you think? Have you seen this? Have you seen the uh, the lack of a pinstripe and the uh, the airport uh, the the PDX airport carpet pattern?
1: They're uh, they're a win. They're nice. I mean, they're, they're not as good as they could have been. Uh, I think <laughs> I think they, they could have been a lot cooler. Uh, I I asked on twitter a while back for the uh the 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 late 90s drop shadow font they did bring that i like mm-hmm. it uh i don't like the lowercase though i kind of wish it would have been the uppercase like it was back then um and yeah having a blazer it, having a blazer jersey and then calling it a mixtape jersey but not including the most iconic part of the jersey <laughs> like, <laughs> i know yeah. right thank uh, you uh, that that is kinda of weird. Like uh, yeah, not a not a fan of that. I mean heck, you could have even gone with like the old like you know tire screech that they had on the red jersey yeah. for a while. <laughs> at, least, at least it was a sash, like the, the what the, yeah. the uniform's known for. Um and then yeah, the plaid on there is just like cool to me, but plaid does not scream Portland Trailblazer to me. Like it screams Portland Timber to me, but not Portland Trailblazer to me. Get it off there. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I, said the, the PDX
0: curve thing earlier, and you're right, it's more of a plaid, it's, it's that plaid pattern. It is technically, I guess, a plaid. But I'm with you on the rest of it. Look, fans, I, I don't know how many agree, please write in the Trailcasters on Twitter, uh, send us an email at Trailcasters at gmail.com. I think you can write us now at Hoop Spaces as well, uh, Keith or Chris at, uh, at Hoop Spaces will transfer over to us as well, and we'll get all these emails. Let us know. How critical is the sash, the the Blazers sash to you? It's been, I think, a signature on a lot of our jerseys over the years. And there's, it's not like it's some common feature across the league. It's not like every team has that look. I think it's pretty quintessential to what Blazers have always uh had as far as kind of their, their theme, their design. So I, I feel like this is kind of a critical element. I've talked about it that before as being a thing where I look for that on the jerseys and it's kind of a failure when it's not. I will say this. I'm a fan of the plaid. I have that one they did a couple of years ago where it was the black with the plaid yeah. kind of like very faint in there. I like that look, but I have a, a Nurkic jersey for that one.
1: and also way better
0: than the Oregon jersey last year. The Oregon jersey was absolute garbage. Uh that brown thing with like the other, go- other colors. I, I think they I think like was the reasoning
1: better. behind No, here's the deal. I like the re I liked the Oregon jersey. This is gonna be the real hot take. I'm not a fan of Rip City across the chest on this jersey. I would have, re- especially oh. as, especially as a mixtape when it's supposed to pay homage to like all of the great, I, I think it would have been cooler to have it, like I said, blazers in that cap, that old school capital font, um, rather than the Rip City have the, you could have the Rip City somewhere on there, whether it's like a, on the, on the side or a jersey, like the you know, bottom of the short or something and still have it. Uh, I like paying homage to the name, the blazers and then, including rip city you know on your court or somewhere else but i yeah, i do I like so. i do like the look of of it had it said blazer across the chest because i mean you look at th- these other ones um uh, as i have them pulled up here they're the only ones that went with the nickname every other team has the team name or the uh or wow. the, the city yeah. name um so uh, yeah Again, I'm probably in the minority on that because I know fans love the Rip City. I love, I love what Rip City means for the Blazers, but this particular jersey, I think it would have looked way cooler just that old school, low, like uppercase drop shadow Blazer font of the, oh god, it just ah perfect. It's it was a perfect jersey back then. The ones they wore in the 90s were absolutely perfect. Like even like the new ones, like the new ones are cool because they didn't mess with them a ton, but like the new Blazer font has nothing on the old blazer fonts absolutely like, yeah yeah like, so <laughs> so do you yeah, have a it, do you have a favorite of these of these mixtape jerseys did you have a favorites
0: oh, oh man i don't even remember i honestly i don't i don't hate the blazers one like you're saying i don't think it's a horrible design It just oh no I, no, no
1: no i'm being i'm being nitpicking no no, no, no no that's you're what good, we yeah. do here but it's it's, it's one of the top 10 of the yes. of the releases easy one of the top 10
0: I, I'm. I've always been a fan of that Atlanta Hawks uh, the the logo with kind of the the widespread the wings. That, there.
1: You get the feeling
0: that some of the teams maybe mailed it in a little bit, where it's just like kind of a a classic font. And I, I'm I, again like the Blazer one that might be kind of simple. I'm sure there's a lot of other things like in the in the embroidery or in the boundary. There's the name of Hall of Famers or I don't know. There, there were some interesting notes with that on the Blazers too, as far as uh oh it honors the 1977 team with the trophy on the back and. It's not a bad one. It's uh, I just thought they could have done better. Um, you were asking about the the other team, so I, I already went back to players. I'd say the Hawks and uh, and I don't know, probably the, probably the Suns one because I'm just a Suns fan. That's my
1: other home. Team. Nah, the Suns the Suns is the worst. <laughs>
0: Straight worst. What
1: do you mean? Yeah, because they mailed it in. It's, it's, uh, Phoenix and Utah just went with their old basic city jerseys that they were using the last year or two. Like that's there's nothing new. That's boring. Oh, I'm gonna That's look at things here. <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta is up there. That's a beautiful one. I absolutely love the throwback use of the font on the Timberwolves one because those jerseys were so cool. The KG yeah, jerseys.
0: totally. Yeah,
1: I love. The, I actually like the color mixture mixture doesn't look great, but I I like the Bucks with like the mix of like the 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 newer the newer look, but the addition of the purple there from like the 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 Ray Allen era. Um, oh, okay,
0: yeah, but, I hadn't really looked at that one. Yet. Yeah,
1: yeah, the Spurs need to find more ways to incorporate the Fiesta colors into their into their daily use. But this particular mixture, I just don't like. Like, it, I, it almost would have looked cooler if the the Spurs logo itself had some of that that green or pink color in there like here's all these cool fiesta colors and then this black logo just doesn't look great uh the magic are still trying to push orange on us like that's a team color of theirs <laughs> but the blue is just a great mix but uh if you just spend a minute in the city of san antonio and you'll know why that orange pink and green color is so important the fiesta colors that that it screams san antonio the thing is, I'm good with that. Use, I just want to no, the thing that is, they more. don't use it enough. It needs to be yeah. incorporated more. They need to go back to that old school logo at the center court with the, the fiesta colors back in like the David Robinson era. That's what they need to go to. Such a key part of that city. Uh, and, and the, uh, Mexican heritage there in San Antonio, such an important part of, the, of that city. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, they need to incorporate it more. So it's just, oh, it's underutilized. Um, but lakers i don't i i don't like the lakers jersey i think that's a miss too i don't like that like oh the, oh yeah purple no, jersey, no. but the blue like some of these people need to just take some color theory like i don't like <laughs> i don't like to see this light blue and purple mix like ugh, ugh, it's, just,
0: it's it's strange uh, uh oh,
1: swings and misses i
0: didn't hear you mention charlotte i love the fade from like the blue to the green with the honeycomb on top that's a cool look did you see the that fade,
1: one the, yeah the fade's cool not my favorite but it's cool I think yeah. they
0: were they the only ones that did a fade? Yeah, no one else had it. Pacers had a sash? Look at that. It's not just the Blaze anymore. Pacers had that left to right kind of diagonal going. Uh, so apparently we're giving up on that design and that is, that would be <laughs> a, <laughs> if that's a, if that's where we're going.
1: But, I'll tell you yeah. though, this is all, this is all, uh, a major win for the NBA. I love the fact that Nike rolls these out every year, um, and they mix these bad boys up. They add some new ones to the, it's just, yeah, I know there's going to be the traditionalists, right? Who are like, no, 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 I just like my home and my away, and I don't like anything else, and I don't like alternate jerseys and blah blah blah. I'm yelling at clouds. No, that's that's <laughs> annoying. I don't know why that was the voice <laughs> I used. I just was trying to mix it up.
0: No, I'm with you. I, I enjoy having the different jerseys. I, I just wish they would stick. I want that sash in, in the in the theme. The sash and the pin will need to need to be part of the jersey forever and for more. Uh. That's enough on that though. That was a quick kind of, you know, departure from the games. Was it wasn't quick. Quick, <laughs> quick, quote departure. Uh, I want to get back to one more thing uh, as far as the struggles, and we'll get uh, moving onwards. We talked about Dame uh, and his struggling. One thing that has led to is when he was the free throw line early in the game against Philly. Philly fans start chanting, "We want Lillard." Uh, I'm not saying this is a big thing again. We've talked about this before. Where a Dame for Bensimon swap just doesn't make sense. Uh, despite all that, afterwards Dame goes and renews. He doubles down what he said before. He says, "I am ten toes in Portland." That uh, is like basically saying I've, I'm not even dipping a toe in the water over here. Uh, he, you know, he says, "You know, city of brotherly love. He respects it. He appreciates what they were doing, but he's uh, he's not going anywhere." Beyond that, in uh, the latest rap from Dame Dala. Uh, he had verses about wanting to be the next Dirk, wanting to be the next Giannis, the idea being that the star that stays with one team wins at home. So are you uh, are you concerned at all? Do you feel like having Dame, when we go on road trips the rest of the season, if he has fans chanting at him, we want Lillard. And if Blazers maybe continue to drop games, they need to win. Uh, do, you, do you think that has any effect? Is that is there anything to worry about, or is it just ESPN grabbing dumb headlines?
1: Uh, it's It's people grabbing grabbing craftsman straws i I don't i fans chanted that they want lillard and yeah no like (laughs) like, (laughs) why wouldn't you you didn't want lillard to be disrespectful (laughs) yeah yeah i'm sure i mean they could start a campaign every single team out there would chant i want Lillard or we want Lillard um who wouldn't want Damian Lillard so Portland wants him and Portland has him so keep wanting baby like (laughs) uh but hey I think it's an interesting move I mean a fans don't make the front office moves but I mean if you're sitting there and you know for a fact that uh all the media coverage and rumors have been that the the only thing that's going to get philadelphia to part with ben simmons to portland would be damian lillard so what do you think if you're ben simmons sitting there watching the you you not only your you know your your teammates come out in support of you at the end but now your your organization has definitely turned its back on you more than once now the fans are openly you know yeah we want lillard they're not saying they weren't chanting trade ben simmons but they were basically (laughs) chanting trade (laughs) ben simmons you know so uh, I, I, I think the way, when you have fans chanting that, you have the organization doing what they're doing. Uh, I think that the ship has sailed, man. I don't, I don't know if I see this. I know you said we were going to dive into this, but I just don't know if I see a situation <laughs> where Ben Simmons returns to Philadelphia in any good capacity. Like I, the, the reports today were that the, the, the team is upset because Ben is not going to their doctors to deal right, with his, right. his his you know mental health problems that he says he's suffering but then ben simmons has been going to the league doctors not the team doctors but hasn't been disclosing what he's doing with the league doctors to the team which to me i say good the team doesn't need to know what i'm doing with my doctors <laughs> in my in my therapy sessions so so the more that it goes on the more the the more Philadelphia does to mess up its own situation. Like yes, that's it's there's more to it than that. Like Ben Simmons is not innocent in any of this cuz he's no. messed up some situation as well. But First, like I said, you throw the guy under the bus after the playoffs. You you do it again during preseason camp. You you try to save face with Joel Embiid and and Tobias Harris on social media and before the the season opener. That's our guy. We support our guy. Good. But then more reports come out that you're upset with him because he's not doing the things that you want him to do. Like – it, it, god man you're either there to help the guy or you're not like it's just it's yep. just a weird situation it just feels like from the outside that it's beyond repair and then you add you know we want Lillard on top of it have fun because with the way your organization is handling the situation <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be lucky if you get Kelgen Blevins the distant relative of Daniel <laughs> Lillard <laughs>
0: I think the main point there, I agree with you, is that all the chants are really more about Philly fans being sick of Ben Simmons than it is about them thinking they're going to woo Lillard into Philly. Uh,
1: Wouldn't that be it? Like, that'd be the first time in history, like, reports come out. Damian Lillard requests trade to 76ers after fans chant for it. Like, <laughs> if that were the but case, I'm sure, like, yeah, like... Uh- Next time the Bucks to... come to town, every yeah. everyone chant, "We want Giannis." <laughs> oh, See what? Ha- you, you never know. That might that might be what makes Giannis want to leave Milwaukee and come to Portland. Is if every, twenty thousand strong chant, "We want Giannis."
0: Every opposing team that has a giant star, uh, would, like parades would be thrown as they come to town on that day. Say, like, we want
1: parades. Giannis. We want Jokic. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh,
0: okay, so <laughs> that's not the Philly game. Philly's behind us now. Hopefully the Ben Simmons talk is even further behind us and then just, you know, doesn't come up again. The Blazers, by the time this podcast comes out, we will finish the road trip in Cleveland. How are you feeling, Chris, about maintaining maintaining this early season 500 record? So far, for the first week, we were 2-2. Two two, uh, we are 1-2 on this week with one game remaining on the road trip. How do you feel about that game?
1: Uh, it's, it's Cleveland. So yeah, I feel good. <laughs> uh, but so again, but again, Cle- yeah, but again, Cleveland's four and four, they've shown some <laughs> improvements from their team. Uh, but uh, I think, I think you got to win this game. 500 is important. Not only is 500 important, you can't go on this early season trip and come back. Oh, and three, uh, you got to get a win. And we said, Preseason, when we were talking about the 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 gauntlet that they had to run in the first couple weeks of the season, that if you can get out of this first initial gauntlet 500, and then you start to fix your little things and, and start playing improved basketball, I think by the time everything settles itself out, you're going to be in a nice spot. And that's like I still think when they settle this, they, that they can be a top six team in the in the in the Western Conference. I watch this team and I see a lot of good. There's just also a lot of bad right now. And when you get rid of the bad, I think you're going to start seeing some really good outcomes. When you get rid of Damian Lillard shooting 20% from three and he gets back to his normal self, when you get away from 15 turnovers a night and start figuring out your ball control, when you start getting a little bit more consistent production from Yusuf Nurkic, those little things start to iron themselves out, then I, this team is not bad. You talk about run it back run it back was the worst thing possible well if you run it back you're a playoff team you're the top five you're a top five team in the western conference so you gotta you gotta figure it out um so one thing i think we didn't talk about about that philly game that we should address real quick it was limited minutes but i mean tony snell didn't look too bad i mean he showed that he can be a pretty good uh corner three-point shooter which is kind of what he's built his name on but again if you can find ways to to integrate him into the lineup but uh, i mean in in that game in particular it came at the expense of minutes from uh dennis smith jr who has been pretty good um thus far but i mean tony Snell, tony snell played 10 minutes at six points was two of two from deep like that little production like that is good you like to see it so uh yeah i'm still not worried keith um losing to cleveland could be a to me i think would be a little bit I'm not raising the red flag yet, but I've clipped it into the wire. <laughs> You're looking and my for you. Yeah. <laughs> my, hand, my hands are on the rope, and I'm I'm ready to to start right. raising it uh, should things get a little bit worse. Um, but no, I I st- I still think it's early because, like I like I said, Keith, go back to what we said at the beginning of, the, of this podcast. Uh, if you if you full stop right now on the season, Sacramento and Minnesota are playoff teams. And the Clippers and the Suns are out. And I just just don't see that sustaining. Even look at the Eastern Conference. If you stopped right now, Atlanta is out. The defending champion Milwaukee Bucks are in 11th place in the East right now. The Boston Celtics are struggling. They're in 12th. The Indiana Pacers, who are a good team, are the second worst team in the East right now. And the Chicago Bulls, that nobody saw coming, are six and one and atop the standings there. So you've got some things that are gonna that I think in the long run will balance themselves out. Because if you think about this Portland fan, if Portland fan, fan is freaking out because they're they're. Uh, two and a half games back but they're in ninth place then Milwaukee fan has to be losing their <laughs> because they're the champions and they're three and four same record as the Blazers at, yeah, but they are in 11th place and three games behind so it's it's still way too early you're starting to see things that can be uh discouraging if they don't get fixed right and like I, I've already outlined them but like game shooting the turnovers little things like that but again there's plenty of positive and still plenty of season left. So give me another two weeks. We do a podcast here on, you know, the week before Thanksgiving, and we're still sitting in ninth place. I might be a little worried, a little worried. Right now, relax. I just want to watch some basketball.
0: Yeah, I'm good with that. And, you know, uh, quick return to our our first live show on Twitter Spaces earlier this week uh, before the Philly game. One of the things we talked about was – when you're this early in the season, you don't want to focus on the negatives as much. You don't want to focus on the things the team is doing wrong because there's lots of that early in the season. Those things get ironed out. Generally, what we're looking for right now are those positives, those bits where you see the defense working, where you see them incorporate new pieces. Like you mentioned, uh Tony Snell's first game as a Blazer. Uh He looked good. He did what he was supposed to do. He hit threes. And so if we could get more of that from our role players like that, a little bit more from our uh, key players like Nurk and Roko and Dane figured out his long shot. There's not a whole lot to worry about, especially when you see the defense can be so effective. Uh, we, we've seen effective ball movement, even if it's not always adding up to assists. The pieces are there and it's too early in the season for, for, it's too early in the season to expect them all to line up perfectly so far.
1: No, but even, I mean, again, even if you iron these things out though, this is where you do start to get slightly irritated if you're a fan is because I see a good team in there. I see a team that I still think can be a top, top five team in the West when they're playing Mm. at their best. I don't see a championship team in there. Like, Uh Like if you think, okay, so there's, this is my question to you, Keith, like if everybody has righted their ship and the Suns are playing how we know they can play, the Clippers are playing how they know we can play. Like, I don't, I don't feel confident at this point in time that I could say that the Blazers are beating Utah in a seven game series or that they're beating the Suns or the Clippers or the Warriors, uh, the Lakers in a seven game series right now. So that's where I still think there's so much to play out here this year. Not only riding the ship, but what kind of trades happen and assets come in because that you have to be thinking that way uh, as fans have been thinking for a while now with Damian Lillard's window. Slowly starting to close. So those are little things yeah. that still bring intrigue to me because it ain't over and pretty sure this isn't the team you're going to see at, on game 82 when it's all said and done. So yeah, man, still plenty of season left. Like I said, I just love, I just love basketball. Let's just watch it and have some fun, baby.
0: Moving on towards the rest of the games this week. We are at home against Indiana, 7 p.m. on Friday. At home against the Lakers the next night on a back-to-back 7.30. So that's probably a TNT game. And then the following uh, Tuesday, we have our third game against the Clippers. This will be a road game. The showcases are doing their live pre-show on Twitter Spaces through the Hoop Spaces Network. We'll be doing this at 6 p.m. Tuesday before the Clipper game uh, at 7. Please come and join us on Twitter Spaces. Chris, do you think you're going to make it for that one?
1: I'll make it for that one now that, you know... I know what time it is, and my, my wires aren't crossed. We're good. So, how do
0: you feel about this week then? The two home games against the Pacers and the Lakers, and the road game against uh, the Clippers. How are we feeling? The
1: it. I don't know how to feel, man, because <laughs> the season is two weeks old and it's already all over the place. <laughs> so I don't know how to feel it. We'll see you after after the Cleveland game. Uh, so you know, after this pod podcast is not posted yet, and we're talking about the Cleveland game coming up that's already happened because you know that's what happens when Keith is in charge, guys.
0: I'm gonna get you gambling, man. I'm, I, I keep trying to get
1: <laughs> predictions out of you, trying to get some uh, some odds on on let's say two and one for the. For the I week. got. I got over the next three games. I'm I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say they're gonna go one and two over the next three. They're gonna pick up a win in Cleveland and probably drop at least one of those two home games. One and two, two and one is what I'm feeling. Um, And again, it's bumpy road out of the gates here, but I think they're still gonna be able to write that ship. Tough one, and yeah, it's only three of four, and then they play him again in the first week of December. So, holy. Oh, smokes. seriously?
0: I thought that was the Man. final game. There's a, there's a fourth Clippers game. <laughs>
1: yeah. So.
0: Well, you know, uh, and hey, you know, I, I'm, I even forgot, I guess before, just like this week where the, the Cavs game has not yet happened, but it will before the pod gets out. Next week, there's a back-to-back Clippers and then Phoenix the next night, so there'll be four games that week too. I just want to maintain that 500 record. We could be 12 games in, six and six is the goal. Well, it's not unrealistic. Uh, so uh, so here's hoping.
1: Hold hold on. Let's <laughs> let's put our thing down, flip it and reverse it real quick.
0: Look, I'm not organized enough to do a podcast, let alone put it down, flip it and reverse it. These are just that is some high coordination and I, I I'm, okay. I'm I'm still moving, Chris. I'm still uh let's talk, no,
1: let's talk about some real real horse for a minute. Not yeah. only did the Blazers get a tough schedule opponent wise to start the year. What about this nonsense of like, oh, yeah. to eliminate back-to-backs for player fluff? Yes. L- the Blazers, look at this, guys. For those of you who haven't paid attention, the Blazers just wrapped up a back-to-back. They have yep. this game against Cleveland on November 3rd. Then they have a back-to-back on the 5th and the 6th. Then they get a couple days off, but then they have a back-to-back on the 9th and the 10th. Oh, and then guess what? A back-to-back on the 14th and 15th and a back-to-back on the 23rd and the 24th and a back to back on the 29th and the 30th. Yep. Like the Blazers schedule is freaking front loaded with back to backs on top of having a tough tough opponents. The I mean, before December 6th is the last game. So they play the Clippers four times in the span of like what? 7 weeks. They play the Clippers four times. You got the Lakers in there. You got the Suns twice like and then what is like what did I just count five back to backs there's yeah, if you count the one that just ended, that's one, two, three, four, five back-to-back, six back-to-backs in the month of November. That's ridiculous.
0: That's insane. And this is supposed to be in uh in the time when when the NBA has worked on eliminating that from the schedule. Uh, I don't know if maybe the rest of the season the Blades just have cake. Do we just get to face like two teams a week for the rest of a uh, you know maybe all like lower below 500 teams at that point. I, I think I could be okay with that, but yeah, this is getting a little crazy. Yeah, that's wild. In, in, wild, you know, wild, you, wild. You mentioned the Clippers, uh you mentioned playing the Clippers four times. We talked about that last week as well, where that just seems like such an odd way to conclude the season series, is having all those games played in the first month of basketball, when Blazers... Uh, And Clippers both are still figuring out how to run their systems when you're missing certain players in the Clippers case this year or when we have a new coach in the Blazers case this year.
1: I was going to say, as you look at this deeper too, Keith, not only do they have six back-to-backs in the month of November, none of those, and this is how back-to-backs should be loaded, honestly, none of those are home games where it's at home where you can play a game. Go rest in your bed and then come back to Mota the next day. Every single one of these back to backs are on travel days. So the one that just ended right. was sh- Charlotte, then traveled to Philly. The next one is, it is, uh, oh, excuse me. One of those is, is the home, home. It's Indiana, the Lakers. That's nice. But then after that, at LA, at Phoenix, at Denver, home at Toronto, home against Denver at Sacramento. At Utah, wow. home against home against Detroit, so every single one except for the 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 Pacer Laker, the back to back falls on a travel day too. It's travel just, with zero
0: rest, yes.
1: yeah, and, and, yeah. Yeah, so know, if and, they finish five hundred through the month of November, we're in a good spot.
0: <laughs> it just it's crazy. I'm I'm shocked when we're focusing so much on parity being a bigger and bigger factor that no one has addressed the schedule making. But you know, maybe it's also funny because
1: if you look, I'm sorry, we're going on the schedule, but later in the year they have. Two times, Keith, where they are they are in Minnesota and play them twice in a row on the road on March 5th and March 7th. And then they have San Antonio on April 1st and April 3rd, both in San Antonio. Those should be logical back to backs. Yeah, you (laughs) don't have to. like If I'm playing the same team twice in a row on the why why can't I just play them twice at home back to back and then leave San Antonio and call it good?
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, so lots anyway, of crazy I'm work.
1: off the schedule talk I'm sorry
0: No, no Schedule rents are good We fit in there at the end uh, For those of you Who are still listening Thank you We hope you all Turn out to the Live show On Twitter Spaces uh, Tuesday, November 9th uh, Next week Against the Clippers The third of four games Not third of three Like I thought previously But in closing, your are listeners. That's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats. Thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsy basketball, and our latest episode. Come and join us on Twitter Spaces through the Hoop Spaces Network. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters.
1: Woo! Coming to you next week. Same time as always. Three o'clock, which really means four o'clock. Or, <laughs> might even be the next day, but we'll get there. It give could
0: it be on. the next day sometimes.